and welcome to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast, where my dad, Nick Benson, and Justin Moss talk about being salt and light in a bland and dark world. Welcome back to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast. I'm here with my brother, Nick Benson. What's up? Nicholas. He's wearing a Top Gun shirt. Yes. So everybody knows. <laughs> and I'm Justin Moss, uh, and here at the Preserve and Illuminate podcast, we like to be salt and light in a bland and dark world. Amen. So I want to welcome you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and and, and we'd encourage you guys uh, to subscribe, uh, to follow us, even share with anybody that you think would be uh, blessed uh, by, by what we talk about here, uh, which is always going to be about Jesus, uh, but definitely want to encourage you to do that. So today, Nick, we are 66 episodes old. Congratulations. <laughs> you did it. We did do it. And uh, today we wanted to talk about uh, the fourth the fourth pillar, uh, which is witness. No H this time. Mm. Witness. So Nick, what do you got, man? What are you witnessing right now? Um, you ever do number play? Like, because you said 66, you know, like things you think of when numbers are said. Like Yasiel Puig? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like okay. Yasiel Puig or Route 66. Route 66. Things like that. I do. Yeah. I got issues in my head, though. I'll keep, we, yeah. we talked about it before the podcast. I'll rabbit hole. Every time we mention an episode number, like things like that will come to my head, but that's, that's for everything. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. So, witness. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was a. Um, Interesting one, because there's a diff- there's a few different avenues we can, or paths we can walk down when mm-hmm. you're talking about a witness. Um, even kind of quickly before we started recording, you mentioned about like how it pertains to to the law or um, connects to the law. Yeah, and that's like that for me. That was what I always thought witness was was someone um, that is used in like the court of law, mm-hmm. being a witness to something. And, you know, in the in the ur- urban or street culture, Uh-oh. that would be you would you it would make you a snitch at that point, right? And what do snitches get? They Nick? get stitches. Stitches get <laughs> snitches get stitches. So, just want to start off <laughs> that that witness doesn't always necessarily mean you're a snitch. <laughs> I feel sorry for you guys. Yeah, I'm feeling goofy. Yes, already, right? <laughs> um, but no, I, I, like seriously, because when I think, even when I first started going to to Calvary Chapel Chino Valley and seeing the four pillars written out, mm-hmm. witness was always like a weird one for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I could <clears throat> logically gra- grasp what a, what the word was talking about, what worship is talking about, even though we've like kind of opened those up a little bit each time we've had a, the episode about those um, certain topics, but then. Witness, you can kind of get a grasp on what that would mean. Witness, mm-hmm. uh, but witness, I was like, why well, would witness? Like, what are, you know, like, what what is witness about? So, I've had to learn over the years what the differences of the word witness mm-hmm. even means. Um, like the concordance even goes along that what my thought process was, and it says like a person who gives testimony, one asked to be present at a transaction so as to be able to testify. Uh, to its having taken place, so that you know that transaction or something that you you're you're basically like verifying whatever mm-hmm. that that thing is or that person or whatever. So um, that's where my head went with witness of um, being able to tell the truth about someone or something on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to either acquit them or, you know, so basically it was definitely all like court of law thought for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, throughout, throughout the years and throughout, um, you know, studying and trying to get more involved with, um, with my faith, actually putting feet to it. Mm. I've learned that witness actually is like something that is uh, a daily thing mm. because we're leaving a witness behind us. It's a trail. We've talked about that. I think even a few times where we leave that, that, that trail of uh, hopefully Jesus behind us. So mm-hmm. people get a catch of that and, and we're a witness in that way. Um, so yeah, hopefully this episode we can, we can kind of go down those couple of different uh, pathways and, and break this open a little bit. So um, kind of throwing it back in, in, in into your court. Uh, where did, where did your mind go with witness right away? Yeah. So, you know, I like to kind of define when we're just focusing on like one word mm-hmm. um, or a position, I always like to define it and then kind of break it down like the secular and then what the biblical uh, definitions are. So the secular definition of witness through Merriam Webster um, says an, attest- an attestation of a fact or event. And then it says in bold letters, testimony, mm-hmm. which is really, really interesting. That's right? cool. Um, and then it says one that gives evidence. And then it says one who testifies in cause or before a judicial tribunal. And then it says one asked to be present at a transaction so as to be able to testify to it having taken place. Okay. And then one, the last one is one who has personal knowledge of something. So that's the secular definition. And we were like we were talking about before, like you could see how in a, in a secular world, you could see, okay, that's the law. Mm-hmm. But you could also just put Jesus at the end of every one of these. And it still and, works. And yeah, and yeah. That, 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 that's the witness, right? Yeah. Now, um, I have two comparisons here to actually um, portions of scripture that I mainly uh, looked at when and they came to mind as I was thinking about what a witness is. So because of that, I'll have an Old Testament uh, Strong's Concordance, and then a New Testament Thayer Lexicon and Strong's Concordance. Mm-hmm. So the Strong's for the Old Testament is contracted, concretely a witness, abstractly testimony, specifically a recorder, that is, and then it says prince dash witness. In the New Testament, in the Thayer Lexicon, it says in a legal sense, and then it says a historical sense, one who is a spectator of anything. Mm-hmm. And then it says in an ethical sense, those who after his example have proved the strength and genuineness of their faith in christ by undergoing a violent death which is an interesting one and then the strongs um says of certain affinity a witness literally or judicially or figuratively which is generally by analogy a martyr record or witness and or witness so you know that's those are the definitions of what a witness is, mm-hmm. but we can, we can boil it down to it's, it's, it's who we are, what we believe in. And then to your point, like what we leave, right? Because mm-hmm. what we do, um, doesn't matter if it's only in, in faith and word and not in deed, mm-hmm. or, you know, if it's only in deed and not in faith and word, or if it's just in word and you know, the other ones aren't there, like there's a point where, what we do is leaving a witness. But the interesting part about a witness, and we could look at this in a secular judicial setting, or we could look at it as a witness of, of our faith setting, is that how it is perceived 
is just as important, right? What, what, what ground that seed falls on mm -hmm. is, is just as important. Mm -hmm. And the reason I mentioned that is because as witnesses, we have to continually be the ones at a minimum that are tilling the land. Mm -hmm. you're, you're tilling people's hearts. Right. And that is like the, 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 the basis of a witness of, of what you're leaving, mm -hmm. right? Can, it, can we walk away from somebody however long the encounter and then kind of have a little bit of question in their mind like, that guy was weird mm -hmm. or something was odd there mm -hmm. or what was that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? At a minimum, right. just so it kind of tests and questions and challenges their mindset and what they know to be their future. Right. It leaves the soil fertile rather yeah. than flattened or, or hard or hard yeah. there's no thorns you've tilled it a little you've bit tilled it because you've made them curious or interested what was different what what made them different yeah exactly that's yeah. cool i think that's uh i think that's where we'll you know for this episode i think we'll travel down is like what our what our testimony is that's the witness that we mm -hmm. leave but then also um the witness being the one that, you know, that says that one asked to be present at a transaction so as to be able to testify to it's having taken place. Mm. Because we, uh, we're at, when we become a Christian, we're given something, we're sealed with something that gives witness to what we believe in. And that witness also goes and works in and through us. Um, so, you know, like, I like how the uh, the New Testament definition was talking about like martyrdom, like mm -hmm. you know that's because that's that's giving a testimony, like that's an extreme testimony mm -hmm. because prayerfully everyone listening to this is not going to be a martyr, but our witness should be that strong that we go all the way as far as never denying him even to the fact of martyrdom. Easier mm -hmm. said than done. I mean. We've never been in that situation, perfectly never have to be in that situation. Um, but how bold can we be? Because we've seen people that have been martyred for their faith, and there's people actually having that done Still. right now. Yeah. Uh, there's a persecuted church all over this world, and, and like I said, we don't have to deal with it because we're, we're blessed by being in the United States of America that's still, um, you know, still a God— fearing country i got you know i put air quotes there There's people can't see there. me but uh you know as far as i live and 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 go uh it is a god-fearing country because mm -hmm. i'm a god-fearing man and i live in this country so that's my witness and hope and prayerfully everyone that comes in contact with me feels the same way that you know one that i love jesus and two i'm not ashamed of the country i live in mm -hmm. but at the same time not everyone feels that way so but as a witness um let us you know stand against uh the, the current that's trying to say otherwise and mm. and be bold enough to stand up for uh what we believe in and like i said this country was built on the fear of god and it was built mm. on the reverence and we've talked about the the word worship and witness and now being the witness it's a call the great commission is a call to evangelize mm -hmm. it's called to be a, a witness of some sort for our faith so Yes, that doesn't mean everyone's going to go out and stand on the corner and tell people about Jesus, but at the same time, your actions should at least tell people about Jesus because uh, even Pastor hit it um, this last week on Wednesday about us being God's temple mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit indwells in us. So how would we give off any other witness other than Jesus if he lives inside of us? Yeah. We're, I mean, I'll leave that question rhetorical, but like, right. it, think about that. And question and question yourself because that's right. that's a deeper statement 
and question and even proposition, um, then we can then we can fathom in the totality of all of our actions. In the moment, you can rationalize it, mm -hmm. like yeah, yeah. But you think about it, like have you know, like at, by the end of the day today, has all of our interactions with everybody we've been left a witness that we should have, right? Right, and you know, to to, to kind of throw some conviction out there, right? Is is was that worth Jesus's death? Mm. Is what you did and how you acted worth Jesus's death, mm. right? And that's it's. I'm not trying to like you know make people feel bad or saying that we're perfect They're by any means. <laughs> yeah, because this is by by any. This means, is convicting right? me just as much as it's probably <laughs> convicting you listening or Justin. Even, yeah, you know, it's it's true. It's we 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 must stand against that current and must mm -hmm. be a witness, a bold witness. Yes, even more so now as it gets closer to the end. Yeah, and I like that standing against the current, right? Because we do realize that there's a current and there's an undertow as well, right? That yeah. you can't even see that's under that current mm -hmm. that, that, that that wants to pull us under. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to go to, we're going to go to two different places, at least for me. Um, uh, the first one is in Joshua chapter 22, um, because there's a, there's a specific scenario of where this word witness is used. And it, you know, as the Lord had already prepared this, like I went, I was going through Joshua, um, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Anyways, I was going through Joshua and I ran into this portion of scripture and um, it's the way, the way that it kind of rolls, the way that it rolls is, is really interesting um, because all of the Israelites have been, the, the, the land had been divided, right? And then, you know, the, the tribe of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh had gone back to their side of the Jordan, mm -hmm. and everybody had kind of settled, and things were things were good. Well, those those two and a half tribes, they built an altar. The tribes on the other side of that river, of the Jordan River, saw that altar, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, what are they doing?" They get all the leaders together, and they go over there, and they're and they're going to step up to rebuke these dudes and say, "What are you doing? We just and we just settled everything. We should be good. Like, why are you building an altar?" Mm. And they go to question them, and it's interesting the 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 view of what that witness is, and the fact that this altar was called witness, mm -hmm. and the view that it was from the other side mm. of the river. And sometimes when we think about what our witness is, we have to also realize that what our actions are, what, you know, for instance, if we're, we're, we're on the, on the, on the Reuben and Gad and Manasseh side of the river, that as we're building these altars to look like a witness, what do the people on the other side of the river see? Do they see, do they see, you know, that idol worship? Do they even understand it? And that's why I mentioned earlier about tilling that land because that land wasn't necessarily tilled and there were some automatic assumptions from the other people. Right. Mm. But, the wit, the true witness was when all, everybody crossed over to the Jordan. All those leaders came over, and then they they address um, they address these tribes. And I'll read I'll read to you just the. It's only going to be verse thirty four, and then I'll pick off a couple of points here. But in verse thirty four, it says the children of Reuben and the children of Gad called the altar witness, for it is a witness between us that the Lord is God. That was their purpose of building that altar. That's mm -hmm. not what they got called out for, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can go a few a few verses back and even see, you know, how they 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 did it out of fear, right? In verse 24 of, of chapter 22, it says, but in fact, we have done it for fear, right? They, they feared the Lord and they had reverence for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's why they built that altar. But on the other side of the of the Jordan River, it wasn't it wasn't perceived that way. 
And we, you know, as, as Christians have to be mindful of what our witness looks like. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of people can be, can be rambunctious. They can be obnoxious. You know, you could Bible beat people or you can, we can condemn people. And we have to be careful because that's not a witness. Conversely, we can't be, you know, standing up for anything but Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if we're standing up for a political party, if Mm -hmm. we're standing up for, um, you know, certain rights, like whatever it is, if we're standing up for those things, then that got put before Jesus. That is what I call by definition, a spiritual eclipse Mm -hmm. that came between you and in the sun. That's O N. So we have to be mindful of what that witness, what that witness looks like. And that's why we have to continue to, you know, to till that land. But you could see that, you know, in uh, let's see, verse 31, they say, this day we perceive that the Lord is among us because you have not committed this treachery against the Lord. And this is the all these leaders that came over to rebuke them. And they're like, well, we made a mistake. Hmm. This is actually we know exactly why you guys were doing this. The funny thing is, like, if you saw somebody building an altar back in those times, you would automatically think that they're doing something. But there was so much concern and fear for the Lord and worry about we just got settled. We just inherited the land that our, you know, that our parents were telling us about. We've, we won all these battles. The Lord said he's going to protect us. You know, Joshua just blessed the land like we, we're good to go. But what are you guys doing? Hmm. And, and that was the witness that that um, that the half tribe of Manasseh, Gad and Reuben left. And at the same time, we have to ask ourselves, like, what 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 does what does our witness look like to others? And is our heart right? Hmm. Their heart was right. Right. And as soon as they were approached, it opened their eyes. Right. And kind of removed those skills from their eyes so that they could see, OK, yeah. Wow. All right. Hmm. Wow. We see what you guys are doing. There was two cool things that popped up in my head during what you're talking about there. It, the The witness of. Uh, for us to apply nowadays that the the ones that were not the ones that didn't understand rather than just going and canceling they went and communicated yeah i think that's huge for right now because Mm -hmm. people don't uh the confrontation is confrontational rather than uh, communication to restore you know like they're, they're not people nowadays don't confront people uh, in hopes of restoration, they 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 confront people in hopes of cancellation. Mm. So it's like that for me, like was was huge. And that that's an application of that's a witness for us to 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 take heed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, too, the fact that how bold the Reuben and Gad side were to recognize and be grateful of what they received mm-hmm. and give the glory to God immediately. Yes, they put out a, a witness that may may have caused stumbling, like stumbling mm-hmm. on the other side. Stumbling. Uh, yeah, I, I was like saying that word. And I was like, I think I'm making up a word. I don't even know if that's a real word. But okay, we're gonna rename the podcast Stumbling. <laughs> Nick is a stumbling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so the the witness of of them being bold and to to praise God mm-hmm. no matter what, even their own family across the river thought you know or family mm-hmm. members relatives i guess you can say um but yeah how powerful um that witness is because it actually drawed those people to what what in turn to god again because their heart wasn't right because they're actually questioning someone's worship mm-hmm. you're right yeah so it's like 
we got that's big because like you said like we can we can question people's worship because of what political thing they they believe in or what uh they may watch on TV or what they use as like uh uh, relevance and story or, you know, so like we, we have to be a little more, uh, gracious and, and to receive, um, what people's witnesses are, because mm. when you were, when you were reading this, it reminded me, I don't know exactly where it is or so forgive me for that, but, um, where the disciples come to Jesus and are saying, so-and-so's talking about you to other people and they're not one of us. And Jesus was like, like, what, you know, like, if they're if they're talking about repentance and Jesus, me being the son of of God, then let them be. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't uh, don't stumble their witness because yeah, they're not part of the twelve, but they're still being a witness to the light. Mm-hmm. So let them be. And that, I think that's big for us, like because we can be real critical. Like I can think of people right now, not personal people, but people that are uh, say like uh, on YouTube or or people that share. They share just from their side only, and they really go hard with it. Mm-hmm. And some of it is like entertaining, some of it is cool. But then it gets to a point where it's like, okay, that's a little over the top. Like, okay, there's no love in that, or yeah, there's no grace in that. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the forgiveness? Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we need to rebuke, but is that all you do? Yeah. Like, how does that look? Right to you the other I mean? side. What's yeah. the witness look like? Like, maybe you received a rebuke, but you're fearful of getting rebuked again, so you you start to fade away. You're like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. And that's the wrong type of fear. That's fear of man and not God. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. So going along that point and going with that, talking about a man's witness, um, I went to John 1, 6 uh, through 8. And it says, God sent a man, John, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. And then actually verse 9 says, the one who is true, who is the true light, who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So the John, John the Baptist was, was put on this planet to prepare a way for, for the Messiah. Mm-hmm. He was a witness for he was, his testimony was a witness for the one to come. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of, plenty of times throughout John where people are coming to him and, and he never takes any credit. It's always redirected to, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that, like, for me, I want to be that type of witness where I don't get in the way, where mm-hmm. I don't become the person people come to first. I, I, like, not that I, not that I want to push people away, but I want people to go to God first. Like, if you have an issue or a problem, you need to seek Him first. Mm-hmm. If, if you have um, an answer needed or a question needing to be answered, go to Him first. Like, mm-hmm. don't seek a person because... And then that's basically what John did. He's even to the point where he's like saying that he's not even worthy enough to strap Jesus's sandal. Mm-hmm. And that's how humble we should be as men of God that serve Jesus and and uh, live in a way, a witness to to point people to him no matter what. Yeah, and amen to that. And this is this is one of the cooler parts of scripture just because of how it how it starts. Uh, yeah. Um, and one of my favorite things about John is because he says in the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, right? You know, like a book is good when you're going to like, when it starts off that way, you're like in the beginning, you're like, oh, wow. And yeah, you yeah. Here we go. Buckle in your seatbelt. You're yeah. like, all right, let's go. <laughs> but really how he kind of breaks, breaks it down. But 
in verses four and five, he begins to speak about the light mm -hmm. and how, you know, the light shines and the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. Mm -hmm. And then he gives us immediately an example. John the Baptist, look at this light. Look at this light. That's how your light should shine, right? Mm -hmm. That's how your light should shine before men so that they will glorify your father in heaven because of your good works, right? I butchered that, but you get the point. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, I'll read it later, though, just yeah. for you, Nick. Thank you. Um, but the fact, the fact is that that light is what people can't comprehend. And I love those analogies. And you know this, right? Between the light and the darkness, right? Because it doesn't matter how dark things are. Mm -hmm. The smallest part of illumination, the smallest part of light quenches the darkness automatically. The darkness can't put out the light, but mm -hmm. the light can put out the darkness every single time. That's crazy. Right. And we, as, as men are called to be that light, right. we're called to be salt and light. Right. And that's something that we have to understand as our witness that even though you may feel that your light is so small, that doesn't mean it doesn't shine. Like you, you let it shine. Right. Because somebody will see that light and go, Oh, what is that? Right. Right. And that's that witness. That's that internal witness like if you look at what humanity is doing right now to itself and then what it's searching for like everybody's doing these things because they're looking for something they're searching for something they're working towards something they're trying to settle on something and they keep moving and keep searching because they don't know what it is right if you think about it, if the, the room was completely dark and you're walking around, you'd be looking for something. Yeah. Right? You'd be looking for the light switch. Yeah. I'm just saying. And where the power source is. Yeah. I'll get you started. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but the, 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 that's, I, I, this is one of my favorite portions of Scripture because, because of how that, that light is portrayed and then the example right. you know, that's, um, that's after it. Because that's, that's us. Right. Right? You know, can we be that light? Is our witness a light, you know, to somebody else. Hmm. And, you know, is it something that, that they can actually grasp onto? Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of those, um, what, what do you call it? The harvest, the harvest crusades and stuff like that, which are like amazing things where, you know, a, 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 a bunch of people get together and, and worship and praise the Lord and people get saved. And in, in that, in those arenas, those stadiums or parks or wherever they're doing it, like those are in the moment with some of the brightest places you could see. Mm -hmm. But as those people go out in the world, they let the world tell them to turn their light off. Mm -hmm. yep. Right. And that follow up isn't necessarily there. So there's not enough people around those newly saved Christians to show them how to kind of stoke your fire, you know, mm -hmm. how to, how to get into the word. I mean, we've talked about this before, but a lot of people that are struggling um, are not getting into their word. Mm -hmm. And you could see how, you know, Hey, this is how you keep your fire stoked. This is how your witness stays, but there's not enough people to witness to them right. to help them to understand. Right. And that's the, that's one of the, the sadder things about when we look at, you know, tilling that ground and what your witness looks like is, you know, it has to be on all the time, right? All the time, all the time. So that somebody could see it. That's a good point. And um, going back to the, the New Testament definition in the, the Unger's Bible or Unger's Dictionary, it says that um, the original notion of a witness is exhibited in a special form of one who attests his belief in the gospel by personal suffering. So like, I feel like even even the the light 
shining that light is is something we have to do even if it's not what the world wants us to do agreed and that's that that going against the current like you mentioned yeah. and the the even the undertow too because you have to the the one of the funnier things i like said even in bc days is you know that um you know the greatest trick that the 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 devil pulled was convincing people that he doesn't exist mm. right and not knowing that something's against you not knowing that you know that there are forces working against you there's a spiritual war taking place and the enemy would love nothing more than for you to compromise your witness or not even share it or prove it to anybody alone like he's excuse me he's absolutely winning mm. when he does that yeah and that's exactly what he wants you to do so when we talk about standing fast in something right when we talk about being those witnesses you know sometimes there's places where we should not even open our mouth but it should be our action sometimes it should be you know with our mouth mm -hmm. other times it has to well i shouldn't say other times every time it has to be in love mm -hmm. right but you mentioned a couple of words grace yes right and and mercy like those are things that were given to us that we have to be conduits to other people mm -hmm. and that's that's a a key fundamental thing of being a witness to other people is you know did they see the grace of god in you did they see the mercy did they see love? Did they see these things coming through you and funneling, you know, to them so that again, like we mentioned earlier, maybe it's something that doesn't, doesn't register with them when they're like, well, what was that? But it's that tilling of the ground, right? Mm -hmm. So if a seed were to fall, it's ready to go, right? Yeah. It's, it's ready to go. To grow some roots. Amen. Um, I like what you were saying too about uh, people being able to receive our witness mm -hmm. because um, there was a couple Proverbs verses that stood out to me when, when looking up witness and, and different uses in the Bible. Um, Proverbs 21, 28 says, A false witness will be cut off, but a credible witness will be allowed to speak. Mm. So I thought that was uh, an interesting thought because, like we've, sh we've shared before, where if you're just telling people and hitting them over the head so abruptly or so harshly, uh, nine times out of ten they'll they'll be so defensive they're not going to be able to receive what you're saying mm. so if you're a witness um if you're a credible witness in a way of people respect you so that means that you're listening and giving them respect then you'll be allowed to speak where it says a, a false witness will be cut off like mm. so you won't even get that that chance to share because you're not witnessing how Jesus would. So they don't see Jesus and what you're saying because mm. they're just going to put that, the blockers up or the defense mechanism. Um, and then in 14 uh, verse five of Proverbs, it says an honest witness does not lie. A false witness breathes lies. Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes along with the same thing where if you're a credible witness, you're also honest. And that, that also makes you credible because mm -hmm. you're honest. You have integrity. False witness breathes lies. So that's the same thing as being cut off. No one's going to trust you. No one wants to hear you because you're mm. not telling the truth. So like our witness should be able to uh, be easily received um, to whoever we're encountering, whether in, in words or action. Our witness should be one of the, the love, the grace, the mercy, you know, that the same gentleness that Jesus would show. And way easier said than done. Like I <laughs> am probably the worst one at that, but that's part of, our walk and that's part of doing these 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 studies or these uh these topics that we go over it's it's for us first you know like we're, we're not here saying that this is all for whoever's listening this is for for us first that's the whole reason we even talk about these topics because 
it's a it's it's working it, the lord's working on us it's ministering to us and that's me i, I need more gentleness i need more mercy mm-hmm. and grace in my witness so people can receive easier than uh always just throwing the harshness and and pounding the ground rather than tilling it right that's a good i, I like that analogy mm-hmm. i like that right because you're hardening it mm-hmm. and what happens when you harden it you walk away and then somebody else has to till it mm-hmm um, far be it from us to make it, you know, harder for them to receive, exactly. you know, the Lord. Um, I wanted to go to one of my favorite, I feel like I say this every podcast, but one of my favorite portions of scripture in Acts chapter 16, because this, in my opinion, is one of those that's up there with the ultimate witness. And this is the the story of the Philippian jailer, mm-hmm. because the witness that is left is, were you there too? Nope. Okay. I'm in Acts, but not in 16. That's okay. Cool. Um, but it's one of it's one of those ones that always sticks out to me. 16, uh, Acts 16, verses 25 through 34. Before I before I read them, you know, just to kind of give a little bit of a background, real quick. You know, Paul Paul and Silas, you know, we're going through, and there's this lady that's that's what they called like for like fortune telling, right? But she was really making a lot of money for the for the guys there, and because they rebuked her, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and told her to be quiet. And she did. Um, all the people that were making money off of her were upset. So they threw him in prison. And while they're in prison, you know, we have to understand that they were in like prison prison and they were being obviously physically and spiritually persecuted. But their actions in that time provided one of the one of the best witnesses uh, that we can that we can read. So again, it's going to be a little bit long, verses twenty five through thirty four, uh, but you'll see why here. So it says, "But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them." Key thing: the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And that lets us know that they were chained. They were physically bound in this prison, mm-hmm. right? And when you're physically bound for doing something that you thought was right, it's really hard to even like think anything good, mm-hmm. right? But these guys were, you know, singing and praising and singing hymns, right? And in verse verse 27, it says, And the keeper of the prison, awaking, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. This part of that witness internally, right, which in the prison, which, you know, we can compare to the body of Christ, was such that they all stood there, mm-hmm. right? If we, if you broke down the walls and, and loosened the prison of any prison, prisoners are running. Right. Right. They're not all staying. They're mm. not like, this is where I should be. Mm. Every single one of them was like, this is where I should be. So then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, here it is. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Mm. That's the witness. This guy was about to kill himself because he was responsible for every person in that prison. Mm-hmm. And he was going to be committed to death. If any one of them got loose from their chains, let alone got out, mm-hmm. the fact that all of the doors were open and everybody was free, he's like, I am done. I'm going to end this myself. Mm-hmm. And then Paul calls out. He hears that witness. He's like, wait a second. He gets a light. He's like, I can't believe this. 
And then he calls them out. He's like, what, what, what must I do to be saved? Mm -hmm. Who was that that you were singing to mm -hmm. and praising before this happened? How are all the prisoners here? Like, what must I do? What must I do to be saved? In verse 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. Mm. So that witness, that seed began to have all kinds of plants, mm. right? Mm hmm and his whole entire household was saved. And you can think about the oddness of a jailer bringing prisoners to his house and rejoicing. Mm -hmm. Foreign. Like that is like a huge, a huge deal, right? Mm -hmm. But he was, he was so moved by that witness. And you have to think about Paul and Silas were just being obedient and worshiping the Lord. That, that was their witness. Mm-hmm. What a credible witness too! Like we're mm -hmm. like the Proverbs verses we're talking about because they all stayed. They had the integrity and honesty to not take off running, mm -hmm. which that would also be hard to discern with, like or discern at that moment. Like, well, is, is the Lord like setting us free? Should we run? But like Paul's like able to to know that the the jailer is a brother, even though no one else could possibly even know that, you know, because he's like about his father's business he's mm -hmm. he's like he's thinking of furthering the kingdom even in a situation of a dungeon mm -hmm. you know and and yeah and then the lord totally takes care of them because yeah he like the jailer not only takes them home but it says he like he you know heals his his wounds Clean and them up. cleans them up feeds them mm -hmm. like that's all like intimate stuff like in, the, in that culture back then you oh, didn't yeah. you didn't have dinner with just anybody like that mm -hmm. was like a personal thing that was an intimate thing so it's just a, a picture of Jesus and his grace and mercy at that moment and and uh, and blessing the obedience of of a Paul and all the uh, everyone else that was there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and the witness of even them being in jail knowing that that's where they're supposed to be. You yeah. Know, when you're when you're when you're being persecuted, a lot of times you take your eyes off of the reason that you are where you are. Right. If you're still alive, God has a purpose. True. For whatever situation you're in, there's a reason that you're in that situation. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of looking down, we just have to look up. <laughs> um, and there's there's some there's some wordplay there, obviously, right? Because those prisons were kind of a little bit underground. They were dug in, right? Yeah. They were they were these dank, stinky, you know, gross areas yeah. that that those guys were in. Um, but you're, to your point, they stayed there because Paul and Silas knew that you know we have a purpose here, right. or they you know or think about the amount of persecution that was on them and the fact that they were even singing. Right, right. Yeah, in that present situation to be yeah. able to sing, oh, that's so crazy. Crazy. But uh, I wanted to go, um, it actually kind of works out pretty cool because the verse of the day for today coincides with uh, with this. But the witness of the Spirit, that was the second part that I wanted to go in besides our our personal witness was the, the witness of the Spirit, meaning... Um, that's you know people t like like to question are, are they saved who's saved who's not saved obviously we're not here to answer that question that, that's between them that personal that person and god mm -hmm. um but in my life i've been a witness to the spirit moving um in and through my life where 
Um, that's, that's the witness of being saved, is when you know that the Holy Spirit is not only upon you, but it's also work, He's also working through you. So like um, in Acts 1-7, uh, sorry, Acts 1-8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, uh, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. So you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people. So I thought, I thought that was like a powerful picture of the witness of the Spirit, the witness coming, the Spirit coming upon us and giving us the power to witness about what our faith is, or about what, why we believe, who we believe in. Um, but the verse of the day to kind of tie it together is John fourteen twenty six which says, but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. So the empowering of the Holy Spirit is a witness that we are saved. It's, a, it's like that guarantee, that promise that like He's working in and through our lives. Like you said, we're here for a purpose, so we have to trust that we're alive, we have His Spirit for a reason, mm. and be bold in it, and be the witness He's called us to be. And like I said, we're not all called to be, you know, the one on the corner. We're not all called to be a pastor. We're not all called to be, um, you know, a politician. We're we're all we're all called to be Jesus's witness, and mm. that's our testimony. So we walk in that, and He gives us power in order to He gives us the power to do so. That's what you know. These verses I talked about mentioned but also as you read more in the bible that uh, that promise that seal that holy spirit guarantee is is uh, in and through the new testament and even the old testament but new mm -hmm. testament for sure paul you know really really gives us uh, a solid and sure foundation to stand on to know that we have that power mm -hmm. that dunamis power the dynamite uh oh watch out <laughs> yeah and that that witness and that testimony a lot of people you know i, I like how uh you know, John Mata frames it as bragamonies, right? Yeah. <laughs> like they, you, you become like these bragamonies, right? And then there's like the testimony competition, right? Whose testimony is worse? How good is yours? Uh -huh. But, you know, a lot of that, interestingly enough, is the past, right? Right. And, you know, the more, the more you, you, you talk about that and that becomes your witness, then it's harder to actually witness for, for, for Christ. Mm -hmm. You could talk about the work that he's done to get you to this point, which is, which is valid and good. But at the same time, you know, we have to look forward to what he will do. Mm -hmm. um, and those opportunities for us are those witnessing opportunities. But it shouldn't be about us. It always has to be about him. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will, will will miss that because it's like, well, look what he did for me. He could do this for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and what if what if that testimony, you know, was, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was in jail and locked up and there's feces on my feet and. You know, we were singing and an earthquake happened and, you know, most people are like, I, you were in jail and you were in chains and there was, you were stepping in feces and pee and, <laughs> and you called that good? Yeah. That's, that, good. that's yeah. your testimony? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, to your point, you know, it has to be the spirit working through us. Right. And that's where the gifts of the spirit are so important. It's how, you know, we we get in oneness with the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me do today? You know, put in front of me what you want me to do today. Speak to me about how you want me to be a minister. Where do you want me to go? And then it's that next step, that faith and obedience of actually doing that. 
Mm. Just to your point, you know, not all of us are called to be street witnessing. Not all of us are called to be pastors. Right. Not all of us are called to even, you know, to be the ones that, that, that have devotions and share the word of God. You know, some of us are called just to be, you know, ears, mm. just to listen to people, right? Some of us are called just to be the hands, to do stuff, to minister to people. You know, there's all kinds of things and body parts in the body of Christ that are needed. Um, but the fact of the matter is, it's that, 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 that being in the word, being in prayer, right. Being worshiping, right. That witness, those things will reveal God's plan for your life. It's just, you know, again, that obedience and using, using that witness. But you know, this, right. th this part here where you talk about, where Jesus you know, talks about the Holy spirit, um, one word stood out to me in, in, uh, in verse eight. Because it says witnesses, right? <laughs> he says, and you shall be witnesses to me. And he says, in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. So that, that kind of ties us back into that great commission, right? Mm -hmm. Where he, you know, basically says, go and tell the world about me. Because that is the witness of him, not of you, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes that right. testimony becomes a witness of you mm. and not of him. And that's that kind of where we, you know, as, as, as Christian men um, need to, you know, sometimes, sometimes check our hearts because it can't be about us, but we just have to, you know, really share the gospel and not, you know, kind of put ourselves in it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I like how you mentioned the bragamony too, because it, it, it's true. Like some, you know, even for myself, like I felt like at some point, like my testimony is not like, like juicy or like cool or <laughs> you can't make a movie out of it. Like some people, like you can make straight movies. So basically it's like the top gun of testimonies. That'd be the best then. Or the worst, but go ahead. <laughs> tell, tell, tell me more. But pastor said something. I don't know if I've shared it uh, on this or, but I know I've shared it with other people, but he was, he was basically saying, I don't know the exact words, but so I can't quote him, but it was basically, he said something to the fact of no matter what your testimony is or lack thereof, it doesn't take away from God's grace. Mm -hmm. Like he still saved you and he still has enabled and empowered you um, no matter what your testimony may be, good, bad, ugly, whatever mm -hmm. it may be, um, which was encouraging to me because like I said, I don't have some like really juicy like testimony of like being in the mud and, and over, you know, a dramatic snap of fingers and now I'm saved. It was it was uh, the Lord was working in and through my life. And I, a long time I didn't know, but at the same time I knew I had a conscience and I knew that there was a, you know, I had a, a good upbringing as far as family and, and education goes. So I like logically knew things. Mm. Um, so I was able to make semi good decisions, <laughs> uh, but, but, um, but still was a sinner. still am a sinner in some, in some ways. And, you know, so like the Lord's sanctifying me, like, slowly but surely but looking back i know it's all been for his purpose and not mine because all the things i used to say i would never do ends up coming around and the lord like is actually using those exact things to uh, further his kingdom and i was mm -hmm. just like that's oh, funny my flesh was completely against those things growing up i didn't know i'd have a family i didn't think i'd be a father i didn't think i'd be going to like wanting to go to church you know like where i thought i was a for that was a forced thing that men were forced to do that but now i'm you know like to a point where like i look forward to that togetherness that withness with mm -hmm. with the church and with and being able to sit under pastor and be able to hear uh the the word you know divided correctly because 
I mean, you can search and find so much crud nowadays. It's it's. You don't even have to search, huh? Yeah, <laughs> and you don't even have to search, honestly. But it's but it's just so, for me personally, so enlightening and and encouraging attending a place that has one, um, uh, the 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 Holy Spirit's present in and through the people because like you you can meet people all day long that are just, uh, you know, about about God's business and in, mm-hmm. in, in, in a true form, not just because it's Sunday, mm-hmm. and then being able to sit under like a pastor David and, and, and take his example by his witness of what he does on the pulpit, but also how he, um, how he works in and through, uh, even with his, the people that work there. Mm-hmm. And then even the people that serve there, he does like classes and seminars. And then even beyond that, the things we don't know where he's like pouring into pastors across the nation and even mm-hmm. probably the world at this point. So like, it's just encouraging to be able to have a place to go like that. And I pray that if you're listening and say you don't have a place like that, that you um, definitely get plugged in somewhere that's teaching the Bible correctly and 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 ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what's going to prove the fruit is, is the, the people's answers. And that's what Pastor shared with us personally, where he was asking people questions and the ones that didn't have the answers, he knew that something was wrong. Mm. So then he would try to find the truth. And then he finally found the truth with the capital T mm. and boom, it changed his life. So. Amen. Yeah. It's that ask acronym, Nick. Yes, ask, sir. Seek, knock. Yes, Look sir. At that. that was straight from Jesus. Straight that up. was Jesus's acronym. <laughs> um, there's a couple of, of, of witness stories that, that came to mind, you know, one of them was with pastor. Mm. Um, and he was at a store and there was a dude that was struggling and pastor ministered to him and then sent him to lion tamers and then mm-hmm. talked to that guy at lion tamers. And, and what he said, I was like, wow, like my mind was blown mm. because like, we know our pastor, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But the fact that, that he was at a store, saw somebody and ministered to that person, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Kind of like, convicted me because i am perfectly fine not talking to anybody nick knows me right i'm, I'm point a to point b right don't get in the way you might get ran over <laughs> yeah but, exactly if you get in the way you're, just gonna, you're, you're gonna taken get out yeah. you're taken out speared <laughs> like goldberg right <laughs> move out the way but that 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 witness um that it, it, it wasn't just like a happenstance you know it was a divine appointment for that guy mm-hmm. um that he continued to meet but more so than that of what our pat- pastor is witnessing outside of the pulpit, mm-hmm. right? Outside of the gates of the church, mm-hmm. outside of his family, outside of the you know, the people that, you know, air quotes here that he employs, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of the ministry, like that's just, that's just who he is, right? right? And you can see that, you know, that, that that's his calling. The other story I won't get into because it's really long. <laughs> um, but the point is that this, this guy who became a pastor um, ended up telling a story at his church and somebody came up to him uh, and because he was talking about an old guy that was, that was there in, in, in front and, and he didn't believe the story that was told. And then um, the, the pastor looked at him and he's like, well, that story is true. And he's like, well, how do you know? He's like, because that story was about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a story about now what, right? It's a story about a, a a father and a son that were ministering to a young man and took him fishing, and the the father had to pick between his son and that young man to save their lives, uh-huh. and he knew his son was going to heaven. Yeah, so he picked that guy and saved that guy, and he 
tells that story, right? And that's that witness because, you know, a lot of people will, will say, okay, well, you know, how about this or how about that, right? And they begin to get those questions and that's where you want people to be. That's exactly where you want people to be. And most people begin to take a defensive posturing or position. They're like, well, you know, mm -hmm. right? And then, or people will take an opportunity, oh, I got them on the hook. I'm a Bible beat them, right? Mm -hmm. That's not, no. Mm -hmm. You, you, you kind of want to leave them there because you can't give them your faith. They mm -hmm. have to have their own, right? That faith is, that faith is something we can exhibit Right. But I can't I can't give you my faith card. But like, here you go, bro. Get yeah. out of jail free. You get into heaven. Yeah. I don't that, that doesn't happen. I can't. Right. But I, that was something that, you know, those those two stories came to me. And I wish I could tell you the whole story about the that other one, but because it's really good. But we don't time. All right. This That's is my good. closing note, Nick. All right. Matthew, chapter five. Yes, sir. Verses 13 through 16. <laughs> it's going full circle yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Right, going right back to the intro. Yeah. Boom. So it says you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So here it is. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven that for me mm. by definition is what a witness is is letting our light so shine and we talked about it earlier that's why i love that you went there mm -hmm. uh, let our light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven that's what our witness should be if we are to call it a witness it will be glorifying to god and it would point people to him and not to ourselves yes we get to be conduits right that's the, that's the most exciting part but anytime a conduit holds on to something, it gets backed up. So it has to freely flow through mm. us. Yeah. And that's what, you know, in my mind, a witness, a witness should be. And that's my closing note. That's awesome. And to kind of piggyback on that, to full circle these this four-part series, mm. because we started with the Word, mm -hmm. and John 1 starts with, in the beginning, mm -hmm. the Word already existed, right? And then today we went to verse uh, 7 and 8, which talks about, uh, John the Baptist not being the light, but simply being a witness to tell about the light. Mm. So the word God, or Jesus becomes the light of the world. John was the forerunner, the, the you know, I don't know if this is going to sound bad, but kind of, you know, the hype man. He was the one that brought Jesus <laughs> into, into, um, into the forefront, into people knowing that the Messiah was coming. He, he got, he prepared the people. Um, but then it goes on to be that the Holy Spirit, when Jesus goes home, he sends the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the one that's going to lead us into truth and be the witness that we should be. He, the Holy Spirit leads us to be that witness. So in Second Corinthians 21, or sorry, Second Corinthians chapter uh, 1, 22 says, uh, sorry, 121 and 22 says, It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and He has identified us as His own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything He has promised us. Mm -hmm. That's the, the, the witness of the Spirit. I wanted to end there where we're guaranteed that he, the God, that God, He who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us. That's that great commission, right? Mm -hmm. He's given us that power, the Holy Spirit, Acts 1, uh, 1 8, the, the Holy Spirit comes upon us, 
And that identifies us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees. I can't get over that because a guarantee is a guarantee. And if the guarantee mm-hmm. is from God, you can put money on it. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the worldly saying, I'm sorry for that, but like we can bank on the fact that what God's that God's word is true and what he says is to be true and what he has promised us will come true. So all we have to do is walk in that and be a witness for him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not as easy as just being handed a faith card, like you said, but it is as easy as proclaiming him to be our Lord and Savior mm-hmm. and walking in that light. Confess with your heart, or with your mouth and believe in your heart. That's it. Yeah, amen to that. So may we be witnesses amen. for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Let's pray. Uh, dear Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for blessing us and watching over us. Thank you for uh, dying on the cross and saving us first and foremost, but uh, then giving us the the power and, and your spirit to, to walk and be your witness on this earth. And I just thank you for uh, giving us that opportunity to, to share about you um, in this country. Um, we're able to do so freely, and I pray that we don't take it for granted. I pray that we uh, share in word and deed and be the, the witness you've called us to be, to, that our testimony be one that points to you and not ourselves. And I just thank you for this time uh, we've had to, to talk about you and talk about the things you've done in and through our lives. We thank you for, for all that you've done. We thank you for our families. We thank you for our pastor and uh, even the, the four pillars that he's um, implemented in, in his church that's um, taken root in, in, in our lives and that we've been able to to use also as a foundation for our walk. And I pray that anyone listening can also uh, stand on your word first and follow with worship, witness, and witness to to be um, kingdom people, to, to share about you and to be the witness you've called us to be, to be the credible witness and not the false witness. I just thank you for um, empowering us. I thank you for saving us. And I look forward to what you have in store for us today, tomorrow, and, and so on. I thank you. I love you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, Jesus loves you, and so do we. Thank you for listening to the Preserve and Illuminate podcast. We hope and pray this episode has brightened up your day. We appreciate you, and if possible, please post or share with anyone, anyone that may also enjoy our podcast. God bless.